This is NES Chat, brought to you by NES Advantage Solutions, bringing you ideas and insights for shaping your global mobility function. Hello and welcome back to NES Chat. I'm Lauren and today we're continuing on with our global mobility series. In celebration of International Women's Day this month, I'll be chatting with expat and global mobility tax manager Georgia Frango about being a female expat and how HR and global mobility managers can best support them. So hello Georgia and welcome to the show. Hi Lauren, nice to be here. Looking forward to speaking to you. Cool, so shall we get straight into it then? Sounds good. So first of all, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your story. So give me the the what's, the when's, the how's of when you became an expat. Okay, so I'll give you a bit of background. I uh, was born in South Africa, but I'm of Greek Cypriot heritage. I spent most of my life in South Africa. And as you're aware, South Africa is a melting pot of different nationalities and cultures. So I grew up in a big group of friends from different parts of the world and different parts of Africa. And we actually called ourselves the United Nations. And I was therefore exposed to multicultural experiences and having a more open-minded attitude to differences in the world and a higher sensitivity to other cultures and ways of life. So this sparked my interest firstly, and um, also I love travel and I used to dream about working and living abroad. And uh, I was very fortunate in my first uh, work or first job to be given the opportunity to go on assignment to Toronto in Canada. And that was an absolutely amazing experience. I was newly married, but had no children. And even though it's an English-speaking country, it was a completely different to what I was used to. Again, very multicultural. And the experiences in respect of I was in the tax field at that stage and um, seeing everything from different perspectives and the way businesses are running in Toronto, as well as how matters are approached, really was an awe-inspiring assignment for me. My second assignment was to Vienna in Austria. That was a shorter assignment. Again, getting into a a new assignment, new people, new culture, new experiences. You know, you'll find from every assignment that when you walk away, that you come back with alternate skills and experiences that no money can um, can buy. You can't actually value all the experiences and knowledge that you glean from assignments. My final assignment so far was to Reading in the UK, where I moved with my husband and my two sons. And I was originally on an assignment contract and then localized on a local contract. And I've just been living in the UK for just under 11 years now. Even though, let's say, the UK is an English-speaking country, to move lock, stock and barrel from South Africa to the UK, it was a a difficult adaptation, even though I'd been on many holidays here and had previous clients here in the UK in my previous role, it was really difficult to adapt and because everything is different. And I think what's foremost on a person's mind is that the children are settled and um, that everyone adapts and that the trauma is minimized as much as possible in respect of leaving family, changing schools, making new friends, and making this your new life. 
Some people would probably see it as a unique experience for a female assignee to go abroad and have her husband as the accompanying spouse. It was an unusual scenario for us. My husband held a position of a financial director before we moved to the UK, and he basically gave up his role so I could follow my dreams and move to the UK as an assignee. I must say he, he was a great support in respect of making sure that the children were settled in the in the UK, um, taking over all the administrative roles. And for the first year, he didn't work at all in respect of settling everything, settling the family and ensuring, let's say, the home life was um, in the best position it could be with the least amount of impact on myself um, so that I could focus on my work and the deliverables that I had been sent to do in the UK. Yeah, well, you've kind of touched on quite a few different challenges there. What would you say the main challenges are for female expatriates? I would say the challenges for women are there are macro barriers where there are different customs, specific religion, traditions and rules or laws which differ from what a woman is used to maybe in her home country and understanding the cultural challenges that could come across. Also, another thing that is a challenge for a woman is keeping safe in a new place and being observant of your surroundings. In certain countries, it is a big concern for women expats. Another point is women do like to feel connected within a community and to overcome isolation. And this is compounded by being away from family and friends and maybe not knowing the local language. So I think that's also a challenge in respect of most women like you know that connection with a community. And also, of course, trying to network in a new country, you know, there could be social norms that are restrictive or lack of time because you've got family commitments. So I think that is uh, also a challenge for expatriate women. So we've talked about a lot of challenges there, and I think it's fair to say that these challenges don't just apply to women. So with that in mind, why do you think there's still a disparity between the number of women versus men that take on expatriate assignments? Despite increased interest from women and willingness for them to take up um, overseas positions, many women are passed over for roles that require relocation because of the perceived difficulty uh, from the employer and convincing their trailing spouse come on assignment or possible complications of moving an entire family abroad. And there's definitely an increased interest and willingness by women to go on assignments but the positions still remain relatively small compared to their male counterparts. And there's also the, the danger of some firms assume the family responsibility obligation or obstacles holding back women in their careers, but not men in theirs. Um, there's also a misguided belief among companies that women have spouses excelling in their careers who won't want to move. So I would greatly support companies that don't make assumptions and have and have individual conversations how this can how they can best support their potential um, female mm. assignees. Like we said earlier, the challenges that women might face aren't necessarily just women's challenges. They're kind of expatriates as a whole challenges. So it doesn't really make sense to discount one gender over another yes. um, because of something like a family, because many families now have both parents that work. And, you know, that's kind of the norm, isn't it? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, so how about we talk about the, the benefits now? So we've had a discussion about the challenges. What are the reasons that somebody should consider an expatriate role? 
That is a question that's often asked in respect of what are the benefits to being an expat. And I think the most important is to expand um, your career knowledge and your work experience because every office is different, every culture is different, every country, the way it works and um, delivers services is different as well. You might be a, a lady that's you know, reach the pinnacle in your current position in your home country. And by taking up an assignment in a foreign location, it will then allow you the opportunity to build further on your skills and your knowledge in respect of the work that you do. It also allows you to bring back that knowledge back to your home country and teach the people that you are working with in respect of the new skills that you learned. Going on assignment also allows you to experience other cultures, not just social cultures, but working cultures, learn a new language if possible, as well as learn to grow your personality in respect of flexing to different types of personalities and different ways of working. So I know that many different companies have many different global mobility policies, so this might be a kind of tricky question. But do you think anything is missing from current policies that might maybe encourage more women to take on expat roles? Sure. Um, I would encourage global mobility majors to offer in-country support networks for when the assignee goes on assignment, mentor programs, and also have company policies which support women on overseas assignments. It would also be helpful if global mobility managers could consider their expatriate family and what support they'll give with regard to that spousal support, cultural adaptation, language support, and that, you know, show that they truly care for the expat as well as her dependents. So that's all we've got time for today. Thank you so much for joining me, Georgia. Oh, it's my pleasure. And I hope people find this podcast useful. If you enjoyed this, you can find more episodes on SoundCloud or iTunes. Just search for NES Chat. You can also find more global mobility insights on our website, nesgt.com, where we have tons of insightful blogs on topics ranging from relocation tips to tax advice and everything in between. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to NES Chat, brought to you by NES Advantage Solutions, alleviating the mobility burden for HR teams with an international reach. If you enjoyed this, make sure you look out for the next episode.